The Faith and Fishing Podcast is sponsored by 413 Lure Company. 413 Lure Company is a family-owned and operated business that puts Christ first and does things the right way. Using really high-quality components, they make some really, really awesome spinner baits, buzz baits, bladed swim jigs, and more in some really sweet color combinations. Check them out on Facebook to see what they can do and place your order today. Hey y'all, I just want to take a really quick moment to wish my wonderful, amazing, beautiful, and insanely talented wife a happy birthday. The day this episode comes out is her birthday, and I just can't even explain how amazing she is. So, with that being said, y'all have heard me say it before, uh, she has a pottery business called Porch Dog Pots. You can go follow her on Instagram and check out the website, click the shop tab, see what she has in stock. She's got some amazing mugs, bowls, oil pourers, all that good stuff. Check it out. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast, where you get to hear all kinds of fishermen tell their stories and share their faith. I'm your host, Cam Steele. Hello and welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Steele, and this week, podcast is going international. Well, I guess it can already be considered international with listeners from six different countries, including Pakistan, Ireland, Germany, the U.S., and Canada. But in this episode, Canada is not only represented by listeners, but also by our guests. Before we jump into the interview, though, I just wanted to say thank you. Whether you're listening just down the road from me here in North Carolina or listening halfway around the world in Pakistan, it means so much to me that you are listening. And again, thank you so much. If you are enjoying these episodes, please share them on your social media to help others find us as well. So with that being said, let's get into the episode. This week, we are joined by Michael Consul. He's the executive producer of the CFN Fish Off, which starts as an online fishing tournament and ends up a TV show on the World Fishing Network here in the States and on the Sportsman's Channel in Canada. And he is the coordinator of the Catholic Student Leadership Program in Toronto, Canada. Let's dive into the interview. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ken. Absolutely. So you are involved in a lot. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about you, the CNF uh, or C- CFN uh, Fish-Off, and about the Catholic Student Leadership Program that you coordinate. Amazing. So my full-time day job is coordinating the Catholic Student Leadership Program for the Toronto Catholic District School Board. So within that, that's providing leadership opportunities for students, whether it's camps or conferences or, you know, daytime excursions, overseas trips, just different ways for them to realize the leader within them as well as put their faith into action. And then on top of that, I've always loved, I've always loved fishing ever since I was a little kid and developed this concept called the CFN Fish-Off, which is basically a tournament where teams try to catch as many species as possible, and the biggest fish within the species gets four points, and the second fish gets three points, two points, and then one point, and then the team that gets the most points gets to donate to the charity of their choice. So this competition actually runs in two phases. One, there is a online tournament. And for those interested, 
you can check out tfnfishoff.com both on Facebook and on the internet. And then the winners from the online tournament move on to the TV tournament. And the TV show is aired on the World Fishing Network in the States and the Sportsman Channel in Canada. So it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's a unique show because a lot of those shows you see on those two networks, it's either, it's either like professionals or tournament anglers where the CFN fish off, the stars of the show are really everyday anglers like myself. The other unique part of it is when you watch those shows, there's no way for you to really get on them. But with the CFN fish off, you too can be a test contestant on your own fishing show. You just need to qualify within the online tournament. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so to get a little bit of backstory here, um, how did you get into fishing? When I was a kid, my family was fortunate enough to have a cottage. So uh, my dad and my mom, they, they have a lot of siblings. And my uncles and aunts, they all pitched in and they bought this plot of land. And I remember going there and it was just all trees. And then they had to clear it. We would tent out and eventually they built a cottage on it. But it was walking distance to the water. So when my uncles and aunts would be working on the land, I remember me and my cousins would ride our bikes to the dock. And we would just spend, it feels like, all day at the dock. You know, we would catch frogs or grasshoppers or dig up worms and use them as bait and then just enjoy nature and try to catch the biggest fish that we can. And I think it really, really grew this love of, of fishing in me. One, because you got to get outdoors and just enjoy the fresh air. But two, that excitement when you feel something tugging on your line, you have no idea what it is and then you pull it up and and you see the amazing catch. Um, so that's, that's what started my love for fishing. And feels like I've, I've been fishing ever since. Awesome. So, um, all right. Well, let's get into it, man. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, tell us what it is that you believe in. What I believe in. <laughs> uh, that's a uh, multifaceted question. But if we are talking religiously and and spiritually. Uh, I grew up within the Catholic faith. I went to Catholic school. My my parents are Catholic. And when I went to university, I decided, I had to decide, okay, what am I going to learn? I want to learn something that I'm passionate about and that I actually want to do. So I decided to go into religious studies. So I did five years of religious studies at McGill University in Montreal. And then I went back to my old high school and became a religion teacher. And so when you ask me what do I believe in, I you know I believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe that there is a creator that I call God who is most loving and, and most powerful. But I also believe that God is within all of us. So one of one of the ways you can experience God is to experience each other. And one of the ways that you can talk to God is to communicate with each other. 
And I also believe that because God is within all of us, if we want to find God, all we need to do is sit in silence and look within. And when we look in within, we can find God there. As long as we silence our minds and, and go into our soul and, and ask ourselves questions. A lot of times I feel people might not hear the voice of God or feel God's presence in their life or have God communicate with them because they don't take the time to sit in silence and ask ask God's question and then most importantly wait for a response. I know when I talk to my students sometimes I the example I give them is you ever have a friend and they call you and then they're like say this, say that, tell you about their life and then they're like, All right, see you later, bye but they never give you the chance to to say anything within the conversation. Right. They never say, Hey, what what what's going on with you? And I think when we pray sometimes we're like that. We're like Father you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we say a couple of prayers, say, God, I'm having trouble with this, thank you for this and then we say, Thank you, God and then Father, Son, Holy Spirit and then done. But what I try to do and I what I try to tell my students to do is after you say all that Maybe say, hey, God, is there anything that you want to tell me? And then just sit in silence. And oftentimes you will hear God tell you or try to communicate with you. Absolutely. And so um, I know um, you don't always necessarily hear an audible voice, but what what might you be listening for? Can you say that again? I didn't quite hear you. Yeah, so um, I know you don't necessarily always hear an audible voice uh, whenever you're listening for a response from God, but what might you be listening for? Yeah, it's important to to know that God communicates in so many mysterious ways. So maybe, you know, you, you ask for advice and you might not get it, in that instant, but some random person that you haven't talked to in a long time gives you a call and have a conversation that's right on point. Or maybe you're in the grocery line and someone turns to you and, and smiles and you just, you know, you just needed that stranger and that kind soul to show you some positivity. Um, so there's so many ways that God chooses to communicate with us. You just have to have an open mind and, and an open heart to receive it. And sometimes students ask me, but, you know, I'll sit there in silence, but then it feels like I'm talking to myself. Or how do I know that voice in my head is just, it's not my, it's just not my, like, it might be my, my own voice and I'm just talking to myself. How do I know it's actually God communicating with me? And I didn't know how to answer that. And I talked to one of my friends who's a priest and he said that God pretty much gave us everything we have, including our voice. So the voice you hear inside, is it your voice or is it God's voice? Well, if it all comes from God anyway, then it's your voice and God's voice at the same time because there's, there is no separation between you and God. And so that that helped me come to the realization that, you know what, it is, 
it is my voice, but at the same time, it could be God communicating with me altogether. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. All right. So, if you would, um, you mentioned uh, that you um, you grew up in church, but um, if you would tell us the story of how how it was that you came to believe in God. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember a time when when I didn't believe in God. I was, I was fortunate enough to have really good parents that showed me the way and, and took me to church and made sure that you know I got I was given guidance and I was lucky enough to go to a, a Catholic school where we have religion as, as one of our daily subjects so I you know I, I'd be lying if I say that my faith was strong every single day of my life I know there are times when I've been mad at God or times where I question why does this have to happen in the world or why is this happening to me? But there's never a time when I thought there was no God. There was never a time when I doubted that something beyond my own comprehension, something beyond what I could see and what I could feel existed. I always, I always thought that there is something there that exists. Um, and when I have conversations with people and they say, well, why doesn't God just show up? Why doesn't he just like show up in the middle of the sky or show up in this room and uh, so that, you know, there is no doubt. There's no doubt that he exists because he could prove it, prove it right then and there. And my answer to that is faith and fact is two different things. Faith is not that. Faith is a choice. And one of the greatest gifts God gave us is free will and the ability to choose. Even if that choice means not believing in God. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing that God is forcing us to do. So if we're going to believe, it's a choice that we freely, we freely make to believe. So, to me, faith is definitely a choice, and I'm lucky enough to, to always have made the choice to believe, even if sometimes that faith wavers. I've, I've never decided not to believe. Okay, absolutely, and I think you just uh, just answered my my next question, which is, uh, what does faith mean to you? Um, and if you wanted to touch on that a little bit more, uh, go for it. Yeah, well, one, faith is a choice, and two, it's not enough to just choose to believe, but there needs to be ways where you do two things. One, put your faith into action, and, and two, spread, spread your faith. Before Jesus left the earth, one of one of his instructions was, you know, spread my good news to all people. Now, does that mean, you know, go out and every single person you meet, um, let them know about Jesus and what you're saying? Maybe for some people, but 
I know one of my my friends, a very religious person, said, if someone were to ask you, why do you believe in God? Just just have a question, or, like just have an answer ready. And that's one of the ways that we could definitely spread the good news. Is when asked, um, you know, know how to express your faith and know to how to express your love for God. So one, spread the good news, and, and two, put your faith into action. And that can come in different forms. It could be just modeling Jesus' way and in every decision and every step that you take on a daily basis. It, it could be serving the poor. It could be doing good deeds. Um, there's definitely more than one way to put your faith into action. But to, to answer your question, one, faith is deciding. Two, faith is communicating. And three is faith is putting your faith into action. Awesome. All right. So we're going to start seg- um we're going to start uh, transitioning back towards fishing just a little bit here. Um, are there any specific right. time? <laughs> are there any specific times out on the water that have affected your faith in any way? Oh, that is that is a good question. I've never really thought of it in that way, but I definitely know, especially when I'm alone on the water, and I love fishing with other people, but I think. I might love fishing by myself even more. It's just something about being out in nature, enjoying all of God's creation and, and connecting with the earth. Um, there's often times when, when there are definitely those moments, whether I'm sitting on the kayak or sitting on dock, and I look around and I see no sign of of humans. Um, and it's just me and the water and everything under the water. And it's it's definitely one of those times I feel connected to my soul and connected to the earth and connected to the creator. There's something beautiful about the the silence of nature. And it's definitely not silence. There's definitely whole bunch of noises going around but it's the peaceful the peaceful noise versus the hustle bustle of of society and in the city so every time i go out it's definitely uh, an opportunity to connect with god okay absolutely and this uh this next question has quickly become uh kind of my favorite of the whole whole interview because i've gotten so many um really awesome stories but uh what fishing story or memory means the most to you <laughs> wow there are so many of them there are so many of them definitely one of them and i wouldn't classify it as just one but every time i see my daughter she's 11 years old now but when i see the excitement in her when she's reeling in a fish that that just makes me smile. Or when I see her just sitting, when I see her just sitting at the end of the dock and not catching a fish, but I could see that she's enjoying just being there and connecting with nature. That also puts 
That's my one, my piece. Personally, in terms of me and fishing and big time memories that I have, you know, catching my first and my biggest uh, six and a half pound largemouth was definitely a, was an exciting experience. It was so big that, like, wide. Like, when, when I first thought, like, it hit, pulling drag, bulldozing really deep, and I didn't see it for a long time, so I had no idea what it is, because in that water is a whole bunch of stuff. And then when I saw the shadow of its back, because it was so wide, I was like, oh, man, it's a carp. Like, that's how <laughs> big it looked, how fat it looked. And I was like, oh, it's a carp. And then so, you know, my heart stopped beating so fast because I was like, oh, it's just a carp. And then nothing against carp. Carp are beautiful fish and they're amazing sport fish. Uh, but I was, I was hoping it was a bass. And then when I got it close in, I saw a flash of its side. And I'm like, holy cow, it's not a carp, it's not a bass. <laughs> and then it took off again. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely exciting. And then when I finally netted it, I just, it's a probably about, I was out there at 6 in the morning, but it was probably, you know, just after 7, and I probably woke up all the cottagers there because I netted it, and I went, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a fun experience. And then another experience that I was actually able to catch on camera for the CFN Fish-Off, uh, season 1 of the CFN Fish-Off, which, like I said, is on Sportsman Channel and the World Fishing Network, is if you ever get the chance to watch it, it's on episode two, um, I catch a pike. And when I'm trying to unhook the pike, it started to, like, thrash. And unfortunately, the hook that was in the pike got into my hand, and two fingers were caught on the on the treble, and I had to cut my fishing short and go to the hospital get get those two hooks removed. No, it's uh, it was so <laughs> caught on camera. Single part of it. All right. So, um, you mentioned that that you uh, you prefer to fish alone, and um, I am right there in the in the same boat on that one. Um, but uh, whenever you are fishing with somebody, uh, what is your typical conversation centered around? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so different. It depends who I'm fishing with. There's somebody that I fish with and we don't talk. And we just, we just fish. And those are like hardcore fishermen that I fish with where we know the, the joy of fishing is, is that quietness. And then, um, you know, when I'm fishing with other buddies where I'm usually, whether I'm guiding or taking them out for the first time, um, those times seem to be a little more instructional where I'm, I'm telling them, okay, try to read the water or look for some cover or cast in that direction or retrieve this speed. So that's a different type of conversation. And then there's other times where, you know, I'm just out with buddies and we, we both have similar skill level and, um, so we don't, I don't have to do any teaching. And and that's fun because the conversation goes in many different directions, whether it's reminiscing 
of uh, times in high school, whether it's sharing the crazy fish stories or big catches or, you know, the one that got away. Um, I definitely have some friends who I go fishing with where it's never silent. From the moment we step in the car to the moment we drop each other off and the entire time on the water, we're we're talking about fishing or reminiscing about something or or whatever topic we're talking about. Um, it fishing is definitely an amazing an amazing activity that you can do with your friends. For sure, for sure. All right. So you mentioned that you're a father and um, you work with students. Um, what life advice do you wish you had been able to start off with and that you always make sure you pass along to your students and kids? Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good question. One of the, one of the books that I teach in my leadership courses to both students and teachers and got my daughter to, to really, you know, take on the, the learnings of this book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And habit one in the seven habits is be proactive. And that means two things. One is the opposite of reactive. And two, taking initiative and making things happen instead of, instead of waiting for things to happen to yourself. Um, one of the ways I, I explain it in terms of in terms of what does being proactive mean? If you took a can of pop and you shook it up, and then if you were to open it, that exemplifies what a reactive person is like, where the world shakes them up, the world can be spinning, where everything seems to be upside down, and you don't want to get close to them because you know they're at any moment they're going to explode. However, the proactive person, if you imagine a bottle of water, you could shake up that bottle of water as much as you want or as fast as you want or as vigorous as you want. But if you open it, it doesn't explode because the proactive person realizes that no matter what's happening to them on the outside, no matter what's happening in the environment, they always have a choice in terms of what they want to do. They always have the ability to respond versus just reacting. Because a lot of times there's a stimulus and then there's a response. So a certain stimulus creates this response. However, proactive people realize that there's a stimulus and then there's a response. But in between the stimulus and response, there's the ability to decide. And your life is basically all your decisions put together is what directs where your life is going to go. So in those decisions, that's where you find happiness or that's where you find stress. That's where you find success or that's where you, you know, ponder on failure. So it's really in those decisions that create, create your life. And one of those decisions is relief in God. One of those decisions is helping other people. And one of those decisions is trying to have a positive outlook regardless of what's happening around me. So, I tell my daughter is 
nothing around you forces you to do something else. Because you always have the decision to decide how you want to respond to that something. So the most negative thing can happen around you, but it doesn't mean you have to be negative. Because you always have a choice how you want to respond to that negativity. Life is all about choices. So to sum that whole thing up, I think that's, that's the lesson I, I teach my daughter and that's the lesson I try to live out myself is life is all about choices. Choose wisely. Absolutely. And uh, to switch that question around just a little bit, uh, what fishing advice do you wish you had been able to start off with and that you like to pass on to others? <laughs> um, the fishing advice I give to people when I pick them up, especially people that are new to fishing is I tell them catching a fish is, is a bonus. Just getting out in the water, being friends, connecting with nature, like that's the joy of fishing. If you catch a fish, that's just a cherry on top. It's, it's, it's definitely a bonus. So that's the one advice I give. And the other advice I give in terms of fishing is, yes, there is some there, there is some luck involved in, in fishing, but good fishermen cards in their favor. Good fishermen, good fishermen or anglers create, create their own luck. So people are always like, man, you're, you're so lucky. Why do you always catch fish? Uh, one is, I, I think I am lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I just always catch fish. But two, um, you know, you need to like, have the right presentation, go at the right time, um, cast in the right location, use the right bait. Like, you can never control what's going to be at the end of your line, but you can control all the variables that help, that help raise the percentage that you're going to catch a fish. So is, is there luck involved? Yeah, but you could, uh, you could create your own luck at the same time. Absolutely. And so you've mentioned that you've caught um, several different species of fish. Um, but is there one particular species of fish that sits at the top of your bucket list of, of fish that you want to be able to catch in your lifetime? Yeah. I know before I started the CFN fish off, you know, I was like a bass fisherman or a pike guy. Um, but because of the CFN fish off, like I said, the goal is to catch as many species as possible. And so I really have this new appreciation for a whole bunch of species, like whether it's suckers or whether it's carp or whether it's minnows. Um, there's so many, uh, there's so much variety out there and each fish is special in their own way. But one fish or two fish that I really want to catch or really want to catch again. One time, I fortunate to go on a trip to the flats in Key West, Florida. And I hired a guide. And catching a barracuda, oh my gosh. The hit of a barracuda, like, shakes your body. It's so fast. <laughs> so, so fast. So I lost a barracuda and I landed the barracuda, but if I can go barracuda fishing again, that would be awesome. And that trip, we 
first one for Barracuda. I was happy to catch one and have a great picture with one. And the second, the middle portion of that guided trip, we went to Kermit. I didn't catch one. I'd love to catch one. But then we finished with um, fishing for, oh man, the name escapes me. Um, huge fish. Oh, that's what it was. Tarpon. So we went for tarpon. And I hooked the tarpon. Oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. And before, before we went, as we were traveling to the tarpon spot, the guide was like, okay, we're going to be using live bait. When, when you feel that, like, fish on your line, not the tarpon, but the actual fish that we're using in live bait, like you'll feel it, you'll feel it swimming around, you feel a little tugging here, because it's trying to, you know, get off your line. But at one moment, you'll feel that fish is going to flutter like crazy. When you feel that fish fluttering like crazy, hold on tight because there's a tarpon close by and he is, that fish is trying to flee. But he can't flee because he's on the end of the line. Hold on tight because there's a tarpon close by. And then when you see the, when you feel the tarpon, what's going to happen is at one point, that tarpon is going to jump. And we call tarpon the king of fish. And so when you see the king, you have to bow. And what he, what he meant by bowing is bow your rod tip so that the tarpon doesn't snap your line. So fast forward, fish is fluttering like crazy, massive hit, drag is going out, and then the tarpon jumps his entire body jumping in the air. And the guy is like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> and so <laughs> I leave my rod tip out, but I bow my head. Like I bow my <laughs> body. And then the tarpon lands in the water, snaps my line. And the guy goes, you dummy, don't bow your head, bow your rod tip. And I'm like, I know, I know, I forgot. <laughs> and it was the only uh, tarpon we were able to hook. Um, so... I would love to go tarpon fishing again because I missed my chance to land my first tarpon. For sure. And um, is there a particular uh, fishing spot that sits at the top of your bucket list? Um, fishing spot would be the flat in Key West. Like, I would love to be able to fish there at least once a year, but I've only been once and that was yeah, it's over 10 years ago. Um, if I had to pick one spot to go fishing in, and it would be the last spot that I could go, it would be the flats in Kiwa. Okay, absolutely. And after hearing your stories, it's kind of jumped up there on mine, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to go, man. It's awesome. All right, man. So uh, we're going to start a segment here. Um, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's called What's Your Favorite? I'm going to ask you a few uh, few of your favorites in a few different categories. Okay. All right. So do you have a favorite scripture? Favorite scripture? Oh, man. That is, that is a good question. Favorite scripture would be hmm I got it favorite scripture is when 
widow gave two pennies donate to the poor. And people are saying, oh, she's only giving two pennies. But Jesus said, you know what? She's given more than all of you. Even though the value of the two pennies, but because it's the only two pennies that she has, she's giving everything. And you're giving a fraction of what you have. And when I, when I hear that scripture, when I, when I analyze it, when I read it to my students, it always makes me ask myself, can I give more? Am I only giving the stuff that I don't need? Or am I like the widow and, you know, giving till it hurts or giving all that I have? And so it's a, it's a good question I ask myself all the time. Can I, can I give more? For sure. And this next question uh, may have the same answer, but um, do you have a favorite uh, parable or story from the Bible? So that's definitely one story there. If I pick another story, it would be probably Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I heard a homily once. And the priest was describing the meaning of that of that story. And he was saying how people at the time that Jesus was talking to there they were nomads, so they didn't have a home. You know, they were they would travel from place to place, and because they don't have a home, they would carry everything with them, whether it's food or belongings or valuables. They would carry everything with them, and so Jesus had this teaching with him and his apostles and, you know, the big crowd. And his apostles were like, these people have been hung- are hungry. They've been here all day teaching. Is there anything we can give them? And she said, okay, let's, let's take out everything that we have. And they only had, you know, five loaves and two fish between their group. And he said, yeah, let's, let's feed them with that. And at the end of the story, you find out that even though they only had five loaves and two fish, there was a lot of leftovers at the end and there was 5,000 people. How can that be? Well, one answer is Jesus had the power to physically multiply that food so that everyone can have enough to eat to the point where there's leftovers. But another way to analyze what he said was maybe they looked at Jesus' example and his followers' example where even though they only had five loaves and two fish, they were willing not just to, not to just keep it for themselves, but to share it with everyone else. And through Jesus' teaching and following that example, they said, you know what? I'm going to share what I have too. And then another family said, I'm going to share what I have too. And then another group of people said, I was going to keep this to myself, but if those people are sharing, then I'm going to share what I have too. And at the end of it, they had this feast, and because everyone was sharing versus everyone being greedy and keeping things to themselves, there was leftovers at the end of the meal. And I, and I was like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Because we all know greedy people, and people might say, oh, it would take a miracle for that guy to be generous. But Jesus had that power, that power to teach, power to show love, that power to, you know, give example 
and that power to change a greedy heart into a generous one or change someone who hates into someone who loves. So that's, you know, that's another way to look at the miracle and it's definitely a big power to have. For sure. That's, uh, that's a really interesting way to look at it. And it's, um, it's really cool to see that, um, you could, um, you could talk about it in a, in a way that was different yet not take away from the miracle. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, what's your favorite fish to catch? Favorite fish to catch? It'll probably be bass. It's largemouth or smallmouth. Um, and I had to pick between the two. Probably smallmouth because they, they fight like a ton and have aerial jumps sometimes when you catch them. Um, probably smallmouth though. For sure. And, uh, what's your favorite fish to fish for? To fish for? Um, I recently got a kayak last last summer, and being able to take the kayak into places where the other fast boats or other boats couldn't go was amazing. So I can go right into the hazard, right into the weeds, and then whether it's you know slipping frogs or throwing a sanko into a little a little gap in the weeds, and then having that hit. From from a largemouth, um, I think that's like my favorite type of fishing. Fishing in a kayak um, in in shallow water, where where there's <laughs> ultimate surprises that can happen. And when I when I notice it, it's interesting. I guess a kayak is so stealth and so quiet. If I'm in a spot for an extended period of time and I'm in shallow, clear water, I just see all these fish that swim under me or swim beside me as if I'm not even there. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating, actually. For sure. Uh, what kind of kayak are you in? I got a, a Jackson kayak and it's a Cuda LP. Love nice. That. Amazing. Absolutely. All right, so uh, what is your favorite fish to eat? Favorite fish to eat? Um, most of the fish I catch, I definitely release. But if I'm up at the cottage and we, we eat the fish that day for dinner, um, I eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, I, I, you know, some people... They, they love walleye because it has a clean taste, or um, they love crappy. Uh, but I eat everything. I remember uh, last last summer in the trailer, I took a pike home, I took a bass home, I took a catfish home, and was it just those three? Yeah, those three. And then I had some fish crisps, um, battered it up, fried it, and then we had a taste test for my guests. And guess one, guess which one they got the most votes. Catfish, bass, or pike? Well, I've never had pike, uh, but of the two, bass would be my favorite that I've had, so. Oh, really? That would be my guess. Yep, um, pike got the most 
number one book. Okay. And then the catfish got second, and the bass actually, no one picked bass as a favorite. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, had I have been there, maybe it would have been pike, maybe it would have been bass, maybe it would have been catfish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I noticed was the pike had the, the cleanest, the cleanest case. The bass, I know summer, so makes a difference. Had a little, like a, kind of muddy, muddy case. It had, it had the most case, where the pike had the least amount of, Case. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Um, okay. And then the catfish was kind of in between, but I think crappy and walleye probably uh, two fish that I think are the most delicious. Absolutely. And so, um, while we're on the subject of food, what's your favorite fish and snack? Favorite fish is what? A uh, snack to have while you're out on the water. Oh, favorite fish. Nah. Yeah, I'm I'm one of those guys who are hardcore. I'll leave at you know five AM in the morning and then come back in the afternoon and not even have a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> um so but when I have the time to prepare something and bring out on the boat with me or uh, on the dock or on shore, favorite Snack would probably be uh, anything with chocolate, like a chocolate bar or chocolate covered almonds or anything with chocolate. Um, yeah, I know. I know. As a kid, I would have my work. My hands would be all wormy and and uh, like dirt underneath my fingernails. And then I'd be eating like Doritos chips and like licking my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I have I have uh, fond memories of. Absolutely. So I'm not going to ask for any GPS coordinates or secret spots or anything, but what's your favorite body of water to fish on? Ah, um, I think North Kawartha Chandos Lake is uh, my favorite favorite lake to fish on. And that is the lake that hooked, like I got that pike. And my fingers got hooked. Same lake. All right. Yeah. Also the same lake where I got my six and a half pound bath. So I have a lot of memories on that. Yeah, for sure. And last but not least, what's your favorite time of year to fish? In terms of um, species and success, definitely the spring. Fine. No. Once the ice is out and then the season actually opens and the water is still cold, there's a lot of big fish still hanging around in the shallows. So definitely the springtime. Okay. Well, we're going to start wrapping things up. Uh, if you would, let us know what's upcoming for you and for um, all the things you have going on. Yeah. For those that are interested in competing in an online tournament, it's super fun stuff. And the awesome part is if you win, you get to be on your own TV show airing on Sportsman Channel and WFN. So I know growing up, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could be on my own TV show. But here's your chance. So 
just go to cfnfishoff.com and you can sign up. What's cool about it is you can win a, it's, it's in teams. So your team can win a pair of Shimano rod and reel combos for catching like an eight inch perch. Um, so what we do is every week there's a specific category. And if you catch a fish in that category, so let's say it's sunfish. If you catch a um, sunfish within that category, so if you caught a crappie, a bluegill, and a pumpkin seed, your team would get three ballots into that weekly draw. And then at the end of the week, you put all the ballots in, and then we pick a name, the team name, and if your team name is selected, you and you and your partner win a brand new Shimano rod and reel combo. So, um, fun time. We always tell people it's not, it's not about winning, it's not about getting on TV, but it's about building a community, learning from each other, and spending time with each other on the water doing something that we all love. And as a bonus on top of that, you might win something. And as a bonus on top of that, you might be featured on your own TV show. And you don't even have to win to get on TV. So the winner wins, but then, um, kind of a casting call. So even if you didn't win, but we say, you know what, that team is really interesting or that team is super skilled or that team is so entertaining. We we have wildcard teams that we select, not based on score, but based upon how well they are at engaging a crowd or an audience. Um, that's another way you can get on TV. And even if you're not selected or even if you don't win, some of the best catches or some of the best video submissions through the online tournament we also put on TV so on TV every so often we'll be like okay we before we get back into CFN action here's some submissions from our online tournament and so people are always looking at oh is my is my submission going to make it on TV so different ways to get involved and again for those that want more information you can go to cfnfishoff.com and definitely join our Facebook page under the same name cfnfishoff Okay, absolutely. And so do you have any sponsors or supporters that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yeah, our title sponsor is Shimano. They they have uh, given us some amazing prizes to give out to the competitors that are, are registered. We are actually Canada's largest multi-species online tournament across the nation. And if we can get some more Americans and have a American division and then have the American CFN Fish Off champion or maybe we have to call it something else. So we have the Canadian CFN Fish Off champion and then we have some, you know, battle royal between the two countries. That would be amazing <laughs> if we could film that all for TV. Oh, that would be epic. That would be epic. So that's definitely something that uh, we're striving towards and we'll need your viewers to, to hop on and get involved absolutely so if our listeners want to get in touch with you or follow you on social media watch your tv show or your youtube channel um how do they find you so i have my personal youtube channel it's caught by console so my last name is spelled c-o-n-s-u-l so it's caught by console the cfn fisher you can watch it in two places 
There is a YouTube channel under the Canadian Fishing Network. So you just go to YouTube and go to Canadian Fishing Network. Or you can watch it, like I said, on WFN and the Sportsman Channel. And the best way to connect with me is just on Facebook. So look up Michael Consul, C-O-N-S-U-L, and you can find me there. And my email address for anyone who has specific questions or for some reason can't find me is michael.consul at cfnfishoff.com. All right. Well, Michael, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and had a blast, man. Thanks, man. Love what you're doing. I know uh, fishing and, and faith definitely, definitely, definitely go hand in hand. So when I heard about the show and I heard about the opportunity to come on, I was like, that, that is amazing. So the best to you and the best to all your listeners. Be safe out there. Make sure to take a kid out fishing. And God bless. Another huge thank you to Michael for coming on the show and opening up with us. If you would like to find out more about the CFN Fish Off and about Michael, check out CFN Fish Off on Facebook or head on over to CFNFishOff.com. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share, and thanks again for listening. Y'all take care, and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. If you like this episode, please give it a rating, a review, and make sure to subscribe on whatever app you're listening to so you never miss an episode. You can follow the podcast on social media at facebook.com slash faithandfishingpodcast and Instagram at faithandfishingpod. Special thanks and a big shout out to our show sponsor, 413 Lure Company, to Jonathan Enthalancy for helping me write, play, and record the music for the show, and to Tyler Worrell, the graphic designer behind our amazing logo. If you have any questions about faith, I encourage you to contact a pastor in your community. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, get out there and catch some fish, and I will catch you on the next episode.